0: And that's why it's not. She's fine with it. What's going on, everybody? This is the Coverman Confidential Podcast, the podcast for cover band musicians and band leaders to learn how to rock more and suck less here in Atlanta, Georgia. I'm Adam
1: Johnson. Here in Greensboro, North Carolina, I'm Dan Ray.
0: So I'm definitely rocking from a lower register. This, you are uh, this
1: singing basso profundo.
0: So, yeah, um, I got to tell you, one of the worst things you can be during a pandemic is sick. Mm. Um, the boys brought some sort of crud home from uh, school. It wasn't COVID. Not the official but, uh, crud. No, but um, yeah. And and the problem is, is that having a cold and having, uh, you know, coronavirus, they're very much similar, but also very, very different right. as far as certain things. So my head is full of snot, and I am uh, working on a very natural tasting lozenge uh, to keep things moving. Snot not a good situation. It is not.
1: Uh what's going on man You know uh a couple of things I um So this week We recorded Um so there's a there's a town near here Carborough North Carolina I used to live there Uh that is next to Chapel Hill It's the the suburb of Chapel Hill And it's very studenty and arty and fun and it's a really Really cool little town and every year They have a music festival that I've wanted to play every year And this year we were accepted They're doing it virtual And um um I've applied in previous years and and never gotten accepted. Um, interestingly, the acceptance email came from a guy I know and have booked back when I was booking stuff. Okay. So maybe a connection happened there. Um, yeah, not going to turn it down. So, uh, Taylor came over to my place, uh, last weekend and we, um, you know, next door to my house is a bed and breakfast and they have a stage and a whole backyard. That's gorgeous for, for music and stuff like that. So we just borrowed that for a few hours and, um, recorded and had um just my family and my one dear friend who's a fan comes to everything (laughs) they all came out and sat far apart and we played um an hour or so to make a half hour long video and i can say that at the end of it um editing it down to half an hour was real damn hard because every it feels like we nailed every single tune and um
0: what's that's a good problem it was great
1: it was great so i'm going to end up with some really good promotional videos out of it and, and and some cool stuff like that um and it actually—it's interesting. I came out there with my whole rig, all mm-hmm. plugged up to t- to record multi tracks off the board, which I did do. I have multi tracks off the yeah. board. I sat my TurboSound IP300, the little you know lives on a stick speaker in front of us, pointed up at us. Normally, I have it between us, uh, in in behind to cover both monitoring us and being PA. Mm-hmm. But I just sat it on the grass in front of us, yep. pointed up as a monitor, and then I set my phone on a tripod behind it. And I'll tell you, the phone audio was really good. I ended up just using yeah. that. I didn't even need the multitracks. That's great. Um, so it was easy to do and felt good, did good, made a good thing. I, I'm, I'm real happy with it. So Fantastic. Yep. How about you? What you been up to?
0: Well, um, we, uh, me and the wife went up to Nashville Indeed. for my birthday. Yeah. Uh, stayed at The Graduate, which is a Dolly Parton-themed boutique hotel. I did
1: see the picture of St. Dolly over your bed.
0: Yes, she's over every bed, from what I've been told. Well, um, that's a blessing. Which, yeah, I mean, she's probably seen some messed up junk. Um, what can I say? Uh, but And, like, there's this whole rooftop pool area with a giant Dolly Parton, like, sculpture. And um, we had some friends up there. We actually ended up not really catching up with anybody. It was just kind of for, for us. Good. Um, and we had a great time, you know, at some cool restaurants, um, met a couple of friends and you know didn't do anything super super serious. It was all very cash. Um, we did end up going down to Broadway just to kind of see what was going on, um, and they were doing live music. Um, not every venue, but the the lion's share of them were. Yeah. Um, they had uh, they had attendance protocols, so like they were not they were hitting a certain capacity. They weren't letting other people in. Um, they were taking temperatures at the door, like they were doing the thing. Like okay. it was masks were required. Um, in some cases, I feel like they were doing more than, you know, venues in our area are doing. Um, and it didn't seem to be stopping anybody. We were there at 11 a.m. on a Sunday and, um, they were still arresting people for being, you know, drunk and disorderly. So, there you go. You know, you some go. things never change.
1: Do you have, um, restaurants and, and venues in your area that are sort of people point at them like they're flouting the practices? They're not participating well
0: not really and if they are i may just you know i i feel like during the culling of you know the social media <laughs> deal i just may not be like plugged in to those places i'm probably
1: due for a culling um because there's a lot of drama happening around me these days but
0: yeah i mean i'm sure that th- there have been some things that have come up where like people have said like this is irresponsible or whatever but it hasn't been recent um but yeah it is it is its own kind of you know I feel like it's its own world and it's definitely a hotbed for drama, which I'm just not really interested in kind of dipping my feet into. Yeah. I
1: haven't undipped yet. So apparently I am still interested in it. I don't know. Fair enough. There's a, there are a couple of places that that normally do music and um, they are doing music and they are packing their patios and they're not requiring masks and it, they are getting roasted on like Yelp and Google reviews and stuff, but they're still doing it. And um, yeah, it creeps creeps me out.
0: It, you know, this is just kind of, kind of be the way things are for the foreseeable future. seems like, um, you know, in our world, they are talking about um, the schools opening up in October. Right. And as gun shy as we are about that, we do have other schools around us who have been open for a couple of weeks. And the cases have not risen in a very substantial way. Well, so I'm optimistic that, you know, whenever that does happen again, we're months out at still at this point. Right. Um, But, you know, for us financially, that would be a big burden lifted, um, but you know, it all is contingent on the case numbers staying low. Totally. Um, so we'll just have to see. Yep.
1: yep. Always, always something. So speaking
0: of other protocols being done, we actually picked up three dates at the end of uh, this month and the first of next month. Okay. So the um, we had a date that was initially scheduled for May that got rescheduled for July. That is now the last week of September. That is coming up. Um, And that one's interesting because um, our base player can't make it, and trying to find a sub has been more challenging than I thought it would be. You know, um, logic would dictate that, like, well, people aren't busy, so it should be easy to find somebody. But um, what I have found is that some people are available but still aren't willing to play. Yeah. So um, even with... um, you know, these are all socially distanced events, and there's protocols being taken. Um, you know, some people just still aren't comfortable. Right, and so right, that, yeah, that's it's, its own thing. It's a
1: very situational deal. Right now, I'm I'm pretty comfortable in most circumstances doing the duo, and pretty antsy yet about doing the full band. Yep. So, yeah.
0: So the one that I'm I'm kind of stoked on though is the uh, one for October second and third because it is a. Uh, a standing event at the same venue in a drive-in kind of capacity cool so putting up a big they're putting up a stage one of those like show trailers and a big pa and a video screen cool and um we'll be playing two nights in a row um same set we did ask and they were like nope no you can you can just play the same show um so that'll be that'll be fun um it's it's been interesting try to find like getting back into the swing of things like, oh, I've got to come up with a set list and <laughs> we've got to get babysitters and that yeah, kind of thing. Um, yeah. But it's, you know, it's, it's, it's full paydays and two of them in a row for a weekend. And so pretty nice. I get to pay my guys a solid wage for, um, for two week weekends where the works first time since March. So That's terrific. actually it was probably before March, but yeah, Very good. In a long time. Yeah, it's great. It's pretty good just to see these guys.
1: Yeah. Yes. I, uh, I met um, Tony, my drummer down at the storage unit. Um, to get his um, electronic kit out that's been living there and he's uh, yeah. moving between houses and wanted to have it. So, laid eyes on the guy for the first time in yeah. five
0: months. It was good. It's crazy, yeah. man. Yeah. I haven't seen any of my guys, like not a single one.
1: And it's so bizarre, right? Because we just spent like the last how many years being like right up in each other's business every, you know. Absolutely. <laughs> and then
0: it's really strange. It's really strange. Wild stuff, man. Yeah. But it's, you know, I, I don't know. This may be the only thing that we do this year. But um, I feel like we're doing it the right way. Yeah. And hopefully it, um, you know, I, I'm not, I, I'm not getting, I'm not looking to get anything out of it other than just the ability to, you know, get on stage and make some noise for a little bit. For sure. Looking forward to it. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Good. And now you're, now we're all caught up. We're current. So we ready. To, are we ready to get into this? Let's do it. <laughs> so um, I want to go ahead and preface this conversation. Um, it is it feels a little touchy, um, but it's something that uh, I, I kind of put on Dan's radar, and he definitely um, found the information compelling, and I feel like it might be worth having a conversation about. Um, so, here goes. Uh, just, let's, we're asking for grace, and if we step in it, we may just... Oh, know. it's,
1: there's every chance yeah. we'll step in it.
0: If we step in it, we apologize, and, and you know, I'm feedback not, is I, always welcome.
1: not even really an if.
0: Yeah. So... Um, earlier this week, um, Adam Neely posted a very interesting video on his channel called Is Music Theory Racist?
1: And, and maybe you should back up and say a little bit about Adam Neely.
0: So for those of you who don't know, Adam Neely is a uh, a bass player by trade, um, but is basically just a um, a very well-educated and very competent musician who uh, has a YouTube channel that specializes in music. Music theory and other kind of musicy nerdy things on a very granular level. Yeah. Uh,
1: after after the watching the one that Adam showed me that we're going to talk about, um, mm-hmm. I spent a very wonderful twenty five minutes with Adam Neely digging deep into um, the girl from Ipanema. Yeah. Um, which is it was. I'm so happy to have spent time of my life doing it. It was really good. It was really yeah. good. And he's got a bunch of those I'm really looking forward to spending. I, I was unfamiliar with him before you sent me that. Oh, okay. Week, so. so, he, yeah,
0: he's a phenomenal communicator. He's a very knowledgeable guy, but he's able to uh, present very complex things in ways that are fairly really, digestible. Really good. For those for those people with, like, a musical acumen. Yeah. Um, but the the video that we're talking about specifically goes in depth into... What first of all, what music theory is, yep. which for all intents and purposes is the musical preferences of European
1: 18th composers, eighteenth-century European musicians in the
0: eighteenth century.
1: Yeah, and in fact, he starts the video with just just in your life. Try substituting the term music theory for the prefer- the musical preferences of European eighteenth-century musicians. Uh and so basically what he
0: is he he proceeded to break down is um the way that we kind of it, it all kind of gets traced back to a certain number of um authors yeah. who created these these music theory books that yeah. like are still being disseminated and taught at places like Berkeley and um you know musical institutions of higher learning and we're talking like 17th century russian manuscripts yeah about you know certain you know compositional you know techniques and you yeah. know harmony harmonic theory and that kind of thing yeah
1: i mean if it, it, it i don't want to spoilers here a little bit but it mm-hmm. shakes out that the person whose theory most modern western music theory is based on was in fact a 1930s austrian nazi apologist yeah um,
0: and not not even like an apologist, no, like, like a full full blown
1: Nazi. Yeah, and so you know the the the, the question that um, I left that video looking at is how much I have thought of music theory as some truth in the sky. Yeah, right. Just how music like it's an
0: it's an institution. It's, it's a, an established and it's
1: universal. Uh, you it's, know, yeah, it's what canon. It, it's gospel. Yeah, it's gospel, but it's also global. Whatever those guys are doing on drums in Africa fits into it somehow, or is a violation yeah. of it somehow, right? But it's the thing that's all those things are being judged against, right? Yeah. How do I understand, um, you know, traditional scale patterns in Japanese music by way of music theory? By which, of course, I mean the harmonic preferences of eighteenth-century European musicians. Well, and the fact
0: of the matter is, is that um, you don't. You
1: don't. I mean, that, you know, and it was, it was. Um, enlightening and kind of nauseating <laughs> to, to have this video point out to me how much I have been in the world of the Western canon is just what there is.
0: Yeah. And it is very much a we are just kind of in our own little world. And that's, you know, that's fine. Um, but it also doesn't account for um, musical ideas and things that have come since then. Right. Um, that were also, you know, established by um, you know, artists and composers in other countries yeah. and of other, um, you know, of minority origin. and <laughs> or, um, or indeed those know,
1: that we forcibly imported from other countries.
0: Right. Yeah. You know, the thing about cl- music theory is that, you know, when you start comparing it against, you know, jazz and that kind of thing, like those things don't necessarily line up right. the right way, right. but they have their own, you know... It has its own universe and it has its own rules and there are, you know, there's still logic and reason inside of that world. It just differs from right. the quote unquote establishment. Yep.
1: Yeah. And it was great because Neely, um, walks through some of the theoretical systems that have been constructed around jazz in particular. Yeah. And it's like, there's a whole vocabulary. There's a whole language. I've studied a little jazz, but not, not enough to understand, you know, um, what do you call it? The, the the diminished sixth system or something. Yeah. It has a name, right? There's a whole world of music theory built around this particular right. jazz music theorists' view, which yep. you know isn't uh, as valid apparently in the in the musical culture as the musical preferences of 18th century European musicians. Right. So, yeah, it was really it was really eye opening and great. I really recommend it to everybody.
0: Well, and it, it does, you know. We're we're talking about kind of heady things, kind of big picture things, but you know, it does kind of break down to things as basic as like the pentatonic scale, yeah. and and the kind of stuff that we deal with on a regular basis mm-hmm. as far as um, composing and performing music. So um, it was definitely eye opening, and it 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 started this conversation that Dan and I were having back and forth, which is you know, well, what, how does this, how does this conversation around um, the preferences of 18th century composers play out in you know musicians like us playing you know pop music yeah um of the 20th century and beyond yeah
1: yeah i mean do we get to call um you know it, it strikes me that the beatles did a lot of things compositionally that would have blown bach's mind right um more white europeans of course but but, the you know, rock and roll certainly has deviated a lot from that. And can we even really necessarily explain the moves that rock makes or pop makes um, in those terms anymore?
0: Well, yeah, because, I mean, even if you're looking at that, you know, rock, rock and roll was not a genre that we pioneered. Right. Um, it was taken from, um, you know, jazz and blues musicians yeah. of the South, which, of course means that they were uh pioneered by black musicians um who were bringing in their own musical sensibilities uh from their country of origin uh, which has nothing directly to do with the musical baseline and theory that we discuss uh in great detail over you know most of these conversations yeah Yeah,
1: yes we talk about somebody you know whose composition violates the diatonic progression well all right what do we violate well that's like the, the... Yeah, I mean, does it sound cool? Right, right, right. right. And then does it force you to um, come up with new rules, because that's fundamentally what modes are, to deal yep. with that quote-unquote deviation? Yeah, okay. And then each of those sounds cool. Right. Right? Music theory, I think of... Uh, um, I, 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 I have always thought <laughs> prior to watching this video, and I and I, I still think I think, that music theory is mainly a... Uh, a a set of guidelines to manage the degree of dissonance in music. And music is all about dissonance and consonance, and that's really all there is. Um, But I got to watch that I'm not too, you know, reductive about that because, um, you know, you still have to keep watching where my perspective is coming from, right?
0: Well, I think the thing that I was really blown away by is that, you know, for those of you who haven't watched the video, like he goes into this whole kind of subsection about ragas, Mm. you know, Indian music theory. Brilliant. And like how ragas are kind of like modes and they're kind of like scales, but then there's certain conditional things that apply only to those certain ragas. So it's not like the notes are there. Some of those notes have a glissando up to them. And that's a part, like that's, that is part and parcel of the raga itself. Right. And then also you can only do certain ragas at certain times of the day. Like it, it's, fascinating stuff and, yeah and I've it's... always
1: wanted to know more about that and, and, and I, it, I, I didn't realize until that video how much I my thinking about knowing more about it was about learning about it from my own perspective rather than right. sort of engaging it in, in, on its own terms um, yeah it was really good and then you know there's an example that he used of a, an Indian singer singing a particular raga and then who was it American um, jazz um, singer whose name you'd know but name it's falling out of my brain me, yeah. And they're singing a song and they hit the identical four notes. Yep. And it's like, I can't, you know, like the important four notes of the song, but the reasoning behind them is from completely different directions. Yeah.
0: Um, fascinating. Fascinating. It is really fascinating. Yeah. But then, you know, the, the question then kind of pours into the whole, well, what do we as, you know... Predominantly white musicians yeah. do or feel or you know process the 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 kind of music that we play right. and its origins and that kind of thing. Right.
1: right. So
0: you know I, we have definitely been called to do uh, th- this one gig in particular. We were it was a last minute sub for another band and we were asked to play a diverse set list.
1: Okay.
0: And the um the party planner who was white um told us in no certain terms what diverse setlist meant okay and it meant that we were supposed to play more songs by black artists than you know whatever yeah like that was what we were supposed to yeah. um prioritize and it was a strange request at the in the moment and i i, I haven't had that request before or since um and it, it was it was just a strange conversation to have. Well, you know, we don't necessarily look at our set list that way. But because of the request of the client, we were kind of forced to look at it differently. Yeah.
1: And what would you see?
0: Um, well, you know, we still, because of the era, like we're kind of locked into a certain subset of yes. artists. Yeah. Um, so it's your Michael Jacksons and your Princes mm-hmm. and, you know. Tina Turner and like, you know, just those, and then, you know, some other, some other artists as well, but like, you're still kind of hitting the tentpole artists regardless of their, you know, you know, their race, right. but it was just a weird way. Like, I just, I've never thought about it that way, but to be fair, we still, are, we predominantly play white artists because those were the predominant artists of that era. Right,
1: right, right. I have not, I've not had that request in advance on things, but I have made that audible call, When I looked Mm -hmm. at a room and, um, and I always have a kind of a, like, you know, my band is middle-aged white guys. And if I pull out all my Bill Withers, how's that going to go? Right. Are they going to appreciate that? Or are they going to feel like I'm reaching for something? Uh, Is it going to, is it going to seem inappropriate? Um, I've never had a room turn on me about that. I've always, it's always been appreciated. I think that I leaned into those sorts of things. Um, but I always have that thought. Or I have had that thought. I guess I don't always have yeah. it, but I have had it. Well, and it's also like, if
0: you, if there is a, um, a, a group of, you know, black audience members, like you kind of are looking towards those songs, like, are, am I going to get a different reaction? Yeah. Uh, because I'm doing this song versus yeah. other stuff. And it's just, it's a weird, it's a weird situation to be in. I, I can't say that I feel 100% comfortable, um, in those moments. I totally don't. Um, because I mean, ultimately, What we want as entertainers is to be entertaining. yeah. And we need to be entertaining to our audience and our audience needs, you know, can be all
1: sorts of people. Yeah. Whoever they are, whoever they are. And, and, you know, (laughs) part of that is not offending any part of our audience. Sure. Right. These days, of course, being overly, overly, you know, thoughtful about this is offensive to some people. I don't know. There, There may be people listening who are offended that we're even bringing it up now. I don't even know. Right
0: and to be perfectly clear there there is no like and this is how we fix this Mm-mm. it's just um this video came up and it was super interesting and uh i feel like it's worth people checking out yep. and um it's definitely something that i felt before yeah yeah and um there isn't no, I i don't feel like there's a right or wrong answer to how you handle it um but i i definitely think that you know if you are playing um if you're playing in a cover band or you're, you're playing other people's music, like you should probably take a look at the, the diversity of your song list. You know, what kind of artists do you include? Um, Because for, for you to kind of put yourself into a a certain box based on, you know, your preferences or that kind of thing, like there's all different kinds of music made by all different kinds of artists from all different backgrounds. And um, you know, we should be better about, you know, being inclusive of, you know,
1: Yeah. Yeah, and uh, you know there there certainly are genres that are going to be that are going to trend to be more or less diverse in whatever direction. If you're if you are a hair metal tribute band, diversity is going to be a challenge for you. Sure, Um, but but I I mean that's
0: I mean that that's a that's a pretty thin slice of a pie. Totally,
1: totally, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Because, like, yeah, if you're an 80s artist like we are, like, there's plenty of stuff to work sure. with. And we need to be better about it, you know, just in general. Um, because it's go- it's only going to benefit, you know, us because we can, you know, we can appeal to a wider group. And that's, what we- that's ultimately what we well, want. Well,
1: exactly. You know, the songs, it, it really kind of goes back to song selection, right? The, the point of selecting songs, uh, in my view, is that yep. it, it basically weaponizes your audience nostalgia. Right. And and is a quick trigger for the connection between the performer and the audience. And, and, um, you know, I don't I don't have the lived experience of somebody who was a black teenager in the 80s. Right. I don't I don't know what that was like. I don't know what music they were listening to in particular. I know what I heard on the radio and yeah, um, maybe I can get to them through that. Um, I have had, you know, one of our one of the centerpieces of our show back when we were doing our show was a rap battle that Justin and I would do. Um, on wireless mics, we'd step out of the audience and like throw it down in the, in the, you know, some, some on top of tracks, some on top of bass and drums live. Um, but I always did No Diggity, mm-hmm. Black Street, right? That's, I love that song. I love that song. And, um, and it always got a great reaction from black audience members. Like always. I, I was clearly like talking into something that was their adolescence. And, and I love that. And I think, I think, um, it's the kind of thing that if I hadn't, um, Thought outside my own history and perspective, I probably would not have thought to try. Yeah, um, but it kills every time. So
0: yeah, so if you look under Setlister AI, I mean the the chart performance kind of speak for themselves, and it 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 isn't necessarily you know partisan to that you know that topic. Right. It's you know if if the songs moved, then they moved. Right. So um, there's definitely a. a, a there's a lot of different ways to go about this, but I, I, I would just challenge anybody who's listening to this to um, give, your, give your song list a second look and maybe uh, consider uh, being more open to pulling some stuff in.
1: Because actually, the more, having thought about what I just said, yeah. I always like to speak first and then think. Um, yeah,
0: that's what podcasting is. That's right. that's right.
1: You know, I also wasn't a teenager in the 90s. Yeah. Nor was I a teenager in the 70s. I was a teenager in the 80s. And right. um, so I have a very particular set of years that imprinted deeply on me that are different than other people's years. And right. race aside, there's also chronology, there's geography, there's like all kinds of things that limit your song selection perspective. That, um, you know, I think this is a biggie that we're talking about, but it's not the only biggie. Yeah. You should be um, trying to think uh you know how am i gonna if i've got a room of all ages all races all genders all economic backgrounds i don't know yep like a diverse room in all on all spectra yeah how am i gonna hit them all you know how i've got got 10 songs to play before my next break how am i gonna nail the whole room earth wind and fire i mean obviously that's That's obviously obviously the first (laughs) choice yeah
0: but yeah i mean so you know talking about you being a teenager in the 80s i was a teenager in the 90s right. and and you know the, our pop music experience is, is going to be very different Yeah, because hip-hop played a very big role in the kind of stuff that i was listening to yeah and it was kind of a novelty um, when i was around right so you know the all that like dr dre's you know the chronic and you know uh doggy style by snoop Dogg, and the black street record and tlc yep. and uh Montel jordan like all of those things were definitely like a part of my experience um so you know like the 90s thing is definitely fun for me but it is it's flexing a totally different set of muscles and vocally it's it's very different than what i'm accustomed to sure because all all the stuff especially like when you're doing a 90s thing is that you have to be able to do like the toadies (laughs) and then back that up to like this is how we do it you know Mm. um and actually, um, this is how we do it. It's a harder song for me just because of the placement is just very different than, you mm-hmm. know, the other stuff that we normally do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like we, we do, we do a, a mashup that's got um, No Diggity and Gangster's Paradise and nice. all that stuff in it. Nice. It's, it's, it was actually, uh, it was given to me by the drummer of a Chicago 90s band called Run Force Run. Um, I was, you know, if you guys don't know this, uh, I'm looking through your videos, if you post something on our page, I am like low key stalking all of you. That's good. And I saw one of them, one of their videos where they did this like this five or six song like uh, medley, and um, they had this. That's one of them. And I was like, dude, I, I like, I will give you whatever you want for this track. Um, the only thing was was that we the first time we did it was for like an all ages family event, and they end that one with Pony by Genuine. Yeah. It's not really a no. song that you can do no. with at a family event. Yeah, too much, uh, too much humping on the floor. Could be worse. Could be WAP. Yep, which again is doing great. It is.
1: We'll and see I've, tomorrow I, how, how next week's chart shows it. But
0: yeah, he's doing the, the you know the weekly uploads of the of the chart data, and uh, on on the the cover band confidential back channel has just been me sending different covers of web <laughs> um, to dan and mike yeah uh so I've been pretty good yeah there you know yeah there's there's a lot of ways to crack that egg how about that
1: that's i'm trying not to picture yes that's just, anyway yes that's what she said
0: she didn't she's fine with it okay that's our, that's our new, that's our new phrase is, you know, we, if someone says, that's what she said, you say, she's not, she's fine with
1: it's it. It's not, she's good with it. <laughs> we decided that well, that is a thing to say just before we just pushed record on this uh, episode. so
0: You know, we're kind con- like, this is just, we're just content machines, just cranking it out Crankin all day long. Cranking it. So I hope that this was an interesting conversation. It was definitely not the conversation we had planned on having, yeah. but it felt like the right thing to kind of talk about and kind of dig into. So figured it was worth uh, worth a shot. Yep. So hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, thanks again for uh, tuning in. If you like what you hear, you can help us out a number of ways. Uh, the first way is to share these episodes on social media. The podcast platforms don't really do us a whole lot of favors with that. So putting stuff on your Instagram, on your Facebook page and link back to us um, are super helpful. Uh, you can support us on Patreon. You can subscribe to all of our, you know, social media things. And um, there's a bunch of other stuff that Dan's going to mention as well. So uh, thanks again for your continued support. But for this week, that's going to do it for us from Atlanta, Georgia. I'm Adam Johnson from Greensboro, North Carolina. I'm Dan Ray. You've listened in, You have listened in. You have listened you have been listening to the Coverband Confidential Podcast, episode 119. 119. Have a great week.
1: Thank you so much for tuning into our podcast. If you want to help us, be sure to share us with your friends, follow us on social media, and if you haven't already, please leave a review for us on the podcast platform of your choice Facebook.com slash Coverband Confidential, Instagram at Coverband Confidential, and Twitter at Coverband Confid. If you have any questions, please email us at coverbandconfidential at gmail.com and consider supporting us on Patreon, patreon.com slash coverbandconfidential. And for more info, check out www.coverbandconfidential.com.